been on this uh, theme this year of spiritual growth, um, which seems like, well, isn't that the theme of every church? Should be. I hope it is. Um, but sometimes we have to intentionally decide to grow. You know, we went to, you know, we, most of us, we grew up, went to school, went to college, and after that, a lot of times it's like, I'm done. I'm done. I've learned all I need to learn, and that's it. But we want to continue to learn. We want to continue to grow. We want to continue to develop in our relationship with God. We want to mature in the things of God. And we talked about that in the very beginning of the year, and we talked about this theme we were going to go into is to mature in our faith. And I'm going to tell you what this world needs around us is mature believers. That's what we need. We, we need to be the kind of believers that when we go out there, people notice something different. They notice that there's something different about those people. They have hope when everyone else is scared. They have peace when things are going crazy. They're loving. They're kind. They, you know, we have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Those are the things that should be flowing in our life as we grow and as we mature. If people don't see a difference in us, then we're missing it somewhere. Because light should always stand out in darkness. If all the lights were out and I had one little light up here, everybody would see it. Because it stands out. And that's how we should be as believers. You should stand out. You should not blend in. This is not camouflage Christian where we just blend in. This is stand out. And let your light shine. In a way that your light shines before men that people see what? Your good deeds. But not based on, I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about the things you do because of your, your, your maturity in Christ. Because those, those good deeds that you do, it says it brings glory to the Father. In other words, it's not something you do that people are like, look at Scott, man. He is so awesome. No, if I'm letting my light shine and doing the things that God has me to do, it should bring glory to him, not to me. And that's what, we're, that's, that's what this whole spiritual growth thing is all about. So we've talked about a lot of different things, about prayer, about getting in the word. We talked about forgiveness. We talked about letting go of things. We talked about being determined and persevering through difficulties. Today, uh, this week, as, we were, as I was preparing, the Lord was really challenging me on some things that I was reading, some things I was listening to, and then even in my own life about authority. And not an authority of a boss, like do what I say, but spiritual authority. And if you are a believer, I'm just going to tell you this, you have authority. Do you know that? You have authority as a child of God. You have authority. Jesus had authority. In Mark chapter 1, in verse uh, 27, we'll have it up on, on the screen there. It says, amazing group. Jesus had just cast the demon out. Of, of someone, and it says, amazed and grips the, the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority. This was what Jesus was walking in. It has such authority, even evil spirits obey his orders. So Jesus is walking with this authority that he has as Jesus, as the Son of God. But remember, when Jesus was here, he was fully God, but he was fully man. And he walked in this authority. And he had authority to even cast out evil spirits. Okay, look at, look at the next uh, verse in Matthew chapter 21. This, I'm going to read this 
And I'm going to actually read it from my Bible, too, because I might skip a few verses, so you just have to kind of stay with me. Um, But in verse 18, it says, In the morning, as Jesus returned to Jerusalem, he was hungry, and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. How about that? Walk by a fig tree. He's hungry. Going to get a fig. There's no figs on it. And Jesus said, May you never bear fruit again. And what happens? Immediately the fig tree withered up. You ever, you ever thought of that? Immediately. Now, I've killed plants before. I have, but not out of authority, out of neglect. You got to water them. You got to take care of them. But this one instantly, by the words of Jesus, died Never and didn't bear fruit. So then it says the disciples were amazed when they saw this and they said, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it'll happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you'll receive it. So what Jesus was doing is he was illustrating by cursing that fig tree the power that he has and the authority he has And he's saying that to the disciples, like, listen, you can do this too. And we're going to get into this because here's the thing. We have missed people, not we, but people have mistaken this verse that you can say whatever you want and it's yours. Thank God that's not true. Or there'd be a lot less people on the earth. Right? Oh, don't look at me like I'm unspiritual. You too. You too. You just sent them home. You're like, Lord, it's a place we better without them. I mean, words that we've said. Lord, break that car down. They pulled it in front of me. I mean, all those things. Y'all never said that? Well, someone else needs to come up there because I've had my own issues. But, but the thing is, is we have taken that verse and we have just thought that anything that we want, we just say it and it happens. And you're going to find out as we get more into this, that is not, that is not the truth. Because what you say has to line up with what he says. You have to speak what he says, not, not what you say. You're saying it, but you're saying it from him because you're gonna, we're going to read in a minute that Jesus only said what the Father told him to say. So if Jesus says this to the fig tree, the Father told him to say that to the fig tree, to, to bring about this point that you do have authority as a child of God. So Jesus walked with this kind of authority. If you keep reading, it says when Jesus returned to the temple... And began teaching, the leading priests and elders came up. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? And he said, I tell you by what authority I do these things, if you answer one question. Jesus replied, did John's authority baptized come from heaven or was it merely human? And then they go and they talk it over. And here's what they say. Well, if we say heaven, if we, if we say that it's heaven, then he'll ask us, why didn't we believe John? But if he says merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believe John was a prophet. So they finally said, We don't know. We don't know. So Jesus responded, and I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. But then Jesus keeps talking. And he says, but what do you think about this? A man with two sons uh, told the older, older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But then he didn't go. So which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. 
So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And when, they, when you saw this happening, you refused to believe and repent of your sins. So here's what Jesus is saying to him. He says, look, he tells him this story about these two sons. Now let me just tell you, Jesus was not one of these sons. They weren't, Jesus wasn't illustrated as one of these sons. One of them, because it says the one, he says, I'm not going to go, and he did. And see, Jesus never told his father, no, I'm not going to do it. So you know that's not him. The second one said, I will go, but I'm not, but then he didn't. And that's not Jesus either. What he's saying is there's these sinners that say, that are living one lifestyle, but then when John the Baptist comes with preaching repentance, they repented and they submitted their life to God. The other ones were the Pharisees who were doing, who talked the good talk. Oh, I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this, but they don't do it. It's, it's merely just head knowledge. It's merely just talking. So what he's saying is, look, this is where the authority comes from. It doesn't come, it comes from the fact that when you submit yourself to the things of God, and you turn from you and you turn to him, that's where authority comes from. And we're going to see that Jesus walked in this authority. But not only did Jesus walk in the authority, but Jesus' followers had authority. Jesus' followers. Look at Luke chapter 9, verse 1. One day Jesus called his 12 disciples and gave them power and what? Authority to cast out all demons and to heal diseases. So now there's this authority. Basically, here's what he's saying. There's authority for you to go do what I'm asking you to do. Jesus, Jesus gives them power and authority to go do what they're supposed to do. So for us, as followers of God, we have authority given to us. And we'll see that in some more verses um, ahead. So this is, this is proof that not only did Jesus walk in authority, but we have authority. Now, where does the authority come from? I'm just going to tell you, when I say you have authority, what I'm really saying is you have access to authority. And you have authority that is delegated to you, but it is not your authority. It's not you because you're so wonderful and so holy and so big and bad that you have all this authority. Your authority comes from the same place that Jesus' authority came from. Because Jesus talked about his authority not being his but being able that he accessed that authority that was delegated to him from the Father. Look at Matthew 28. In Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came and told the disciples, I have been given all authority. So he was given authority. I mean, someone had the authority and gave it to him. Okay, so God the Father, he was, God is the only person who's never had delegated authority because he's always been and he always has had authority. So God has this authority, and he get, he's given it to Jesus. And Jesus mentions that. He says, I have been given authority. Okay, so I have been given authority in heaven and on earth. And then, he's, then the familiar verses, go into all the world and preach the gospel, that comes after that. But Jesus started with saying, listen, I've been given authority from in heaven and earth. And then go. So in other words, I've given authority to tell you now to go in all the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples. So this authority was given to Jesus. You follow me so far? You know what, you know what delegated authority is? Chris, come here real quick. Chris is on staff here. Okay, he's, he's my executive, associate, pastor, whatever you want to call him. 
He does a little bit of everything. All right? So for, for him, if he, if he goes up to Matt and says, Matt, this is what I need you to do, then guess what? He is going with authority that God has given me that I have delegated to him. Now, when he goes to tell Matt, it's just, it's just like me saying it. As far as in the natural. We all know God's the supreme authority. But let's just say in a church setting, if I say, listen, tell Matt I want him to sing four songs next Sunday instead of three. Then then guess what Matt needs to do? Four songs instead of three. Why? Because the authority that Chris has is delegated from me to him that he gets to walk in that authority. But it's not his. Because he was part of the church before he was on staff. And he, didn't, he couldn't go around telling everybody what to do and, and where they need to be and, and how they, he wants this to run and how he wants this to run. He could say it, but it was, he didn't have any authority backing that. But now, if, if Chris says something to someone and says, hey, could you help us here? I need you to, if you could just do this or do this, then it's just like me saying it. You follow what I'm saying? It's the same way with, you can sit down, same way with, at your work. If you have your, you know, general manager, you have whatever different breakdowns or whatever job you have, the person over you probably has someone over them too and has someone over them too, but the authority is delegated down to the person over you. So when the person that you're talking to is telling you to do something, it's just as if the people above them are telling you because that's a delegated authority that comes from them. So Jesus knew my authority isn't mine. My authority comes from him. It was given to me by God. It wasn't based on performance. It was based on the fact that God has given me this authority. And, he, and then he talks about it. Look at John 12, verse 49. This is what Jesus says. I do not speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. Okay, he's commanded me that. So I don't speak. He even says, I don't even talk. I don't even speak on my own authority. All right, do we have the next verse up there? Let's go ahead and pull that up. Okay, in John 14, 10, it says, this is Jesus again. He says, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work in me. So who does the work? You can say it. Yeah, the Father. So Jesus is saying, look, what I'm doing, it's the Father doing this in me. I'm not speaking my own words. I'm not speaking with my own authority. I'm speaking with the authority that God has given me, and God is doing, God is the one who does the work. So this authority is, is something that Jesus walked in, that Jesus talks about the disciples can walk in. He gave them authority. And so we got to just remember that any authority that we ever walk in, in a spiritual authority, is God's authority delegated to us. So it's his authority that's delegated to us. Look at John 16, verse 13 through 15. This is when he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is saying, this is, what it's, this is what he's saying about the Holy Spirit. That he will be with you, right? The Spirit of truth, he'll be with you. He'll guide you into truth. And he'll speak, but he's not going to speak on his own authority. 
Okay, He's not going to speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So here again, it's the fact that the Holy Spirit is speaking on behalf of God to you. But it's not in his authority. It's in the authority of God. It's it's God's authority. You still with me? All right. All right. So here's here's where I'm getting at. If, If Jesus was very clear that his authority was from God, was from the Father... Okay, they're all three in one God. I get that. But as far as Jesus saying, my authority comes from the Father. And then the Holy Spirit is being, we're, tell, we're being told in the word about the Holy Spirit that he's not even speaking on his authority. He's speaking on the authority of the Father. Then for us as believers, the authority that we have is because of our connection to the Father. So when we understand that, then we can understand right away that as believers, we have access to authority. We have access to authority. Now, I don't know if, if you know, I, I know that there's been bad examples of authority, but I'm talking about the authority that can say, you know, like, let's just take the church for an example, okay? In the natural, I have authority. Now, I have people around me. I don't do life by myself. We have a church council that looks over all of our stuff. We have, we have people around, so it's not just me. But I do have authority in the church. Because of that, I am able to protect things of the church. I can say we will do this or we will not do that or, or, or this will be a part of and this we won't. Because I have authority to do that. Someone can come in and say, this is what I want to do. And I, I can say, no, not here. You know, and, I, and again, I know I'm going to answer to the Lord for that. And it's, it's not a, always a very comfortable place because I know the responsibility that I have before God that I will answer for the way I lead. But there is the, there is the fact that because I have authority, there can be things that, that I can make sure things go a certain way. I have authority in my home. If someone comes up to my house uninvited and they want to come in, I can say, you can't come in here because I have authority in that place, right? You follow me? If you were to try to go to some office building and you don't work there and you just want to roam around, guess what? They will call the authorities, Right? They will. But even the authorities, when the police come out, you know, we, we have, we, Zach and I, every, every Sunday morning at 7 o'clock, we go to uh, Parkway House and grab, he gets two plain butter biscuits, and then I usually get like a sausage biscuit or whatever, and we've done that for like six years, seven years, we've done that for a long time. And uh, so every now and then, a lot of times, there's some police officers in there, and we'll talk to them and, and just engage with them some. And you know what? They have authority. They have authority. If, you, if you've ever been pulled over, yeah, y'all looking around. Oh, you've probably all been pulled over or close. Who's been pulled over? Just go ahead and be honest. Shame, shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been pulled over too. And um, 
So, but instead of getting my license, I get my pastor's license and it helps. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. I'm just kidding. Don't ever do that. It doesn't help. But, but here's the thing. When they get behind you, you pull over. Why? Because they have authority. You don't even know them. But you know the authority they carry. Now, where does their authority come from? It comes from the city. It comes from the government. It comes from, it's not them on their own. It's the authority that was given to them to keep this place safe. And they walk in that authority. It's delegated. So they still have authority to take care of things, to do what they need to do. Even though it's not strictly just their authority, but authority that was delegated to them for them to walk in. That's the same way for us as believers. That we have that kind of, we have that kind of authority. So authority comes, when it, let's go back to the spiritual side. Authority comes as we submit to God's authority. God is the ultimate authority in our life. And if we will submit our life to God, we actually have authority over the enemy. It's already been clear. It's clear through scripture. And we'll hit some of the scriptures. But I'm just going to tell you what I see happening in the church. Not just ours, in the church all around. And this is what the Lord convicted me on this week. Is that we, we don't walk in authority like we should. Marriages are being destroyed. Families are being destroyed. There's all kinds of stuff being destroyed. People are being destroyed. And I know we can't say that everything that happens is the enemy. But I am telling you this. Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. And the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. And if what's going on in your life is about stealing, killing, and destroying you, the source of it is the devil. That's the source of it. That's why the Bible says in 1 Peter, it says, be on guard of your adversary. Be self-controlled. Be alert. Because you have an adversary, and then it says who it is. It ain't your neighbor. It ain't your spouse. It ain't your friend. It ain't the government. It ain't police officers. No, your adversary is the devil. And it says he's roaring around like a, he's roaming around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, which tells me he cannot devour anybody. He's looking for that person he can devour that's not walking in authority, that's not walking in strength, that's giving him opportunities. And that's what we got to understand. There is a spiritual battle going on. And it's not against flesh and blood. It's spiritual. And we already know that we win. We are right now more than conquerors. We are right now victorious through Jesus. But the enemy is, is, is wreaking havoc on people and families and stuff like that. And you know what happened? We're not walking in authority. We're not standing up and saying that's enough. Matter of fact, a lot of what we do is we just pull back and we give in. And what used to be such a, someone was talking about it this morning, what, what used to be such a, normal, hey, this is the day, Sunday's the day we go worship together, we go get in the word, we encourage one another, and Wednesdays and, this, you know, different Bible studies, we're just, we're into, we just got to grow, we got to grow. Now, we're just like, whatever happens, happens. 
If we go, we go. If we don't, we don't. And listen, this ain't about, we ain't checking off attendance. It's not about whether you're here or not here. It's about the heart of what's important to you. And how much are you going to let the enemy wreak havoc before you finally stand up and say, that's enough? At some point, you have to. At some point, you're going to have to deal with the things that you maybe don't want to deal with and say, Lord, show me those areas where I have even given the enemy a foothold, where I've let, where I've believed a lie, where I've done something, because there's, there's, this can't be, it just can't be this. And, and you know, I, I understand when I prepared this message, I understood last week someone came to me and said, that was such a refreshing message. So, and I know this one is a little bit more like on your toes a little bit, but can I just tell you, you have 10, so if I step on a couple, you still got eight good ones. All right? But listen, we don't pray like we should pray. If you were to evaluate honestly how much time you spent praying and in the Word this week, and you physically ate that much this week, so let's say, oh, you know, I, I read a couple verses. Oh, wait, all right, eat a, eat a couple chips, and then don't eat the rest of the week. And watch how weak you are, because you're not... You're not going after. But what we do is we just think whatever happens, happens. And I'm just telling you, that's not true. Everything that happens is not God's plan for your life. It's not. If, someone, if I walked up to Chris and smacked him on the face, you would, you would think he's crazy if he was like, I received that, Lord. Must have been your plan. <laughs> no one would do that. But yet we do it in life. We just see stuff like, oh, man, I guess this is it. It's how it is. But where are those who will say, you know what? I'm done with this. It's time to, it's time to stand. And see, when I, when I, I'm not saying stand and fight. I'm saying what Ephesians 6 says. Stand in the armor of God. Having done all, stand. Don't let the enemy push you back. Don't let him in. Don't let him discourage you. Don't let him stop you. You stand in authority. Look at what James 4, 7 says. James 4, 7 says that you submit to God. You resist the devil. You don't have to fight him. You don't have to, you don't have to be stronger than him. When you submit to God, you have God's strength now. And all you have to do to the enemy is say, nope, not here. Listen, we all go through times and we all have our struggles and we got to remember when those struggles come, we got to, all right, you know what? We're going to deal with this. And I know this was, this was crazy. I usually don't get this crazy, but I did this one day. Because our family, we had so much stuff going on. Just so much stuff. Not just like sickness and, and I mean, struggling, but just strife and frustration. And, and this was a while back. And, and do we ever still hit those moments? We have. But we're learning to understand that behind it, is the enemy who wants to destroy. But this one point, all, everything was going wrong. Everything was just like, it's like if it could go wrong, it would go wrong. You ever had those weeks where it's like it doesn't matter what's going wrong, it's just everything is going wrong. And this is what, this is what I did. I pulled up in the driveway. My family was in the car. And it was just something that just... And listen, I'm not, I didn't see no evil spirits in our house or nothing like that. But here's what I did. I told Pat, I said, stay in the car. I'll be right back. So she thought maybe someone was in the house and I was going in to, like, 
protect it before they got in there. And I was like, no, if someone's in the house, I would have sent you in. I've been out here with the kids. Get them, Patty. Get them. But here's what I did. I went in there. And you know what I did? I, I went off. I went off as a man with authority. And I said, devil, I'm done. This strife, this lack, this struggle, this sickness, this pain, you're not bringing it in here. I'm done with your junk. And here's what I said. You are now evicted immediately. Get your stuff and get out. And I was, I was emotionally crazy. I mean, if I saw myself, I'd have been like, he is weird. He is weird because it felt weird. But there was something that happened. And I went back out to the car. And I was like, all right, it's safe. And Patty was like, what happened? You went in there, now you're crying. Oh, <laughs> what is going on? But reality was, I just, something just rose up in me to say, I have a part to play. That I can grab the authority. And I'm telling you, some of your kids are going crazy. And don't give up on them. You speak the word of God. You stand in authority. And you do not give up. And you remind the enemy that he's already lost. And that you are more than a conqueror through Jesus. And you stay connected to him. And you keep resisting every attack of the enemy. And if he tries again, resist it. As someone who is in authority... Because you're submitted to God's authority. Let's go to the next verse. Luke 10, verse 19. This is what Jesus is saying. Look, leave it on this verse first. I have given you authority over all of the power of the enemy. So you, everybody say this, I have authority. All right, I meant like everybody. All right, everybody say this. I have authority over the power of the enemy. And that's a true statement. You do. And it says you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. And this, there's a lot of references in here to the enemy. So I'm not saying go home and get a bunch of snakes and watch this. It's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about that's reference to the enemy a lot. But look at the next verse. But don't rejoice that, over, that evil spirits obey you. But rejoice because your names are in heaven. In other words, the only authority you can walk in is because of who you're in relationship with. So it's not the authority that you're all excited about. It's the fact that you're connected with God. And that's where the authority comes from. So don't walk around like, hey, I got authority. No, you walk around like, I know God. And because of that, I do have authority. But that's not what's awesome. What's awesome is the fact that I'm connected to God. And it's just a benefit that I get to walk in authority. But it comes from him. It comes from being submitted to God. That we have now authority that comes from him to do the things that he wants us to do. And just like Jesus only said and did what the Father told him, he, that's how he walked in authority. Because he, he spoke what God said. And that's the authority that we have today. So look at Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. 
Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. And Jesus said this, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. And then listen to what he says. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. And I have authority over my soldiers. So here's the, what he's saying. He's like, listen, I know what, what it is to not only be under authority, but to have authority. And see, that's us. We are under authority, and we have authority spiritually. So if we're under the authority of God, then we have authority from God. You follow what I'm saying? All right? This is the authority of God. Right? This isn't a Mary Poppins thing. This is authority of God. And if I'm under this authority, then I have authority. No matter what comes my way, I have authority. Why? Because I'm under authority. And as long as I'm under the authority of God, that when the enemy wants to wreak havoc on my life, I can submit myself to him and stay under his authority, and I can resist what the enemy wants to do, the killing, the stealing, and the destroying and it's not always just physical, it's that too. But sometimes it's stealing the dreams that God put in you. It's stealing that plan and purpose God has for you. It's stealing your joy, stealing your peace, stealing the things that you should be living with. It's God's will for you to be at peace. It is. It's God's will for you to walk with joy. Because Nehemiah knew it because he said the joy of the Lord is your strength. You need joy. You need peace. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Peace I give you, not as the world does. But that comes from God. That comes from him. So when we're under the authority of God. But see, some of the problems today, well, we'll get to that in a minute. If we're under the authority of God, we have authority. But if we want to start doing stuff on our own, guess what? We're not connected to the authority. And we're trying to, remember those guys, the sons of Sceva, that they were like, they were going to cast out demons. And they were like, in, you know, and they were trying to use the same authority that Paul and Jesus used. And it says that the, the demons, they said to him, listen, we know Paul and we know Jesus, but who are you? And he was saying, well, in the same God that Jesus and Paul preach about. But you know what? He got tore up. He got beat up and left naked. Because he had no authority. He was trying to, but he wasn't under authority. So because he wasn't under authority, he didn't have authority. So for you, you know, you, you know I'm, I'm praying for my family and the situation. But if you're not under the authority of God and under the things in, that God has for you, then you're not walking in that, you don't have that same authority. Because it's God's authority in you. So you have the Spirit of God. You have everything you need. But you're not tapping into what God has given you. You know, and that's why I'm careful when I say that people, you know, that they, you know, I just don't have any joy. You have it. You just don't know how to tap into it. Because joy is a fruit of the Spirit, and you have the Spirit. So what's happening is the enemy is getting you focused on the other stuff, and it's taking it's taking you away from tapping into that place of joy and that place of peace that God has for you. And that's why we have to stay under the authority of the Father. And because of that, 
then we can say with authority, I resist you, devil. You're not going to wreak havoc on my family anymore. And I know things have happened and family situations have happened. But listen, what sometimes when families do go through something, what the enemy does is take that and wreaks havoc on you because of the family situation you're in. Now he's wreaking havoc on you and hitting you while you're down and trying to destroy you and trying to tear you up. And what you need to do is stay under the authority of God and say, you're not wreaking havoc on me. And, and, and remind him, look, because I, I told, I used this when my kids were younger. And I was like, you just tell them your dad said so. They're like, oh, okay. Well, my dad said I don't have to. And sometimes they would use that not right. Chase was running around here one day when he was little. Stop running. Uh, my dad owns this place. That's what he said. I was like, first of all, Chase, I don't own it, and you shouldn't be running. But you know what? Sometimes if we understand, the enemy knows Listen, I can tell you because I'm connected to the Father. And my dad said I could resist you. So, back up. Not here. And that's what, it, that's what, it, that's what has to happen. So, the, so what happens if we, if we miss it, if we miss staying under this authority, then we miss walking in authority. We, we just miss it. Now, why do we... Sometimes step out of authority. And I'm talking the authority of God. There's a whole new message about just authority of that people have. And Romans 13 talks about it. God has given authority to government officials and those people like that. And if you rebel against that authority, it'll cost you. So even that authority, but I'm talking about the authority of God. Why do we unintentionally sometimes find ourselves out from under that umbrella? I can tell you why pride we think we can do it and sometimes it's a it feels spiritual I mean there's been times honestly I didn't do it on purpose but there were times where I it was almost like I was saying to God I got this because I you know I've been in ministry for 20 something years so you you face certain situations and you just think you know I know how to handle this one and instead of doing what we all should be doing, and when a situation comes up, we pray and ask the Lord, okay, Lord, how do I need to respond? What, what are you showing me? What are you doing in me? How can I respond properly in this situation? But sometimes what we do is we just think, I can handle it. And sometimes the way we handle it, it really doesn't handle it. Because we have no authority. We go out of that. When you think you can do it, listen, Lucifer, he fell out of heaven because of pride. Because he wanted to be, he wanted the accolades. It was, it was all about him. And a third of the angels fell with him. So there's, there's, there's things going on sometimes that I think if we're not careful, we can unintentionally find ourselves doing things on our own, fighting our own battles when we have the authority of God with us. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you're not going to face difficulty. But I'm saying when you face difficulty, you can stand. And you can resist. And you can, you can resist what the enemy would try to do to bring you down, to fully destroy and kill you and, and ruin you. If you stand in the authority that God has given you, then you'll stand. And having done all, you'll stand.
So I say this, well, that the authority that God has given us is because if you just watch the news, I mean, don't watch the news. Let me just tell you, just don't watch it. But you kind of need to know what's going on. If you pray for the country, you got to know what's going on. Um, but I can tell you, what we need in a dark world is we need light. We need to start letting our light shine. And the Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 13, or 13, 10, one of those. I think it, I, think I have it up there. Um, it says, Paul says, I'm writing this. Um, before I come, hoping that I won't need to deal severely with you when I do come, for I want to use the authority that the Lord has given me to strengthen you, not to tear you down. If we walk in the authority God's given us, listen, you're going to be an encouragement to people. You're going to be a strength to people. Your authority is not to push people away and to tear people down. Your authority is to encourage people to stand, to stand with them, to embrace them where they are, to encourage them that God can do a lot in them and, and bring about change, to equip them with the things of God and his word, and then empower them to go out and do the same thing to the people they come in contact with. But we need, in our community and in our world, we need light to shine. That's what we need. And it ain't about, listen, I've never been about how many people are in here. It ain't about how many people are in here. It's how much of us are going to let our light shine out there, because that's where it's at. That's where it's at. We spend, churches spend way too much time trying to get people in here. And I'm telling you what we need is to come in here, get fed, get the word, and we need to learn how to go out there and make a difference. Instead of compromising and looking like them and acting like them, we need to go out there with something different, with light that shines in darkness that says, hey, you might be worried, but I'm telling you, the enemy ain't taking me down. If the economy goes down, my God is loaded. My God's got money. My God will provide for me. My God will take care of me. My God has always been faithful to me, and, I'm, and I know that he'll be faithful to you. To encourage. If you know people that are struggling, encourage them. Use the authority. Pray for them. You know, one thing I did this week is as the pastor of, and, a, and just a part of the authority of this church, is I prayed over every family member of this, of this church, just Generically, I didn't have a list of everyone's full names done, but I said, Lord, for every person of Thrive, Lord, I, I speak life and health and peace and strength and joy. And you need to do that over your families. And you need to do that over your kids. You need to do that over one another. Not in a weird way, but as the Lord leads you to to. To speak his word. Because again, it's not just you, this is what I want. Well, then speak it and you'll get it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about speaking what the word says. Speaking what God tells you. When we pray for people, it's not, you know, someone has a request. Well, you know, I lost my job. I need some money. God, please, maybe, hopefully you'll do something for them. Hopefully they don't lose everything. That doesn't encourage you. What it encourages you to say, God, you said that you will provide all of our needs according to your riches. God, you said, David says it in Psalms, the righteous are never forsaken and the seed will never beg for bread. God, you are the source of all. 
You own a cattle on a thousand hill. You own the hill. Lord, you have everything. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. When you speak that kind of authority, and with that authority, you encourage people. People leave, instead of leaving with like, well, he prayed and he said, maybe God will help me some. I might not lose everything. That's not the kind of prayer people need. But they don't need the other stuff either. Where you're just throwing out everything. No, just speak what the word says. Speak what the Lord speaks. God said he'll provide for you, so he will. God said he'll look after you, so he will. And just continue to trust. Even as you walk through it. Don't give up. Galatians 6, 9, do not give up in doing the right thing. You'll reap a harvest. At some point, you'll reap a harvest. If you don't give up, keep going. Keep walking. Keep speaking the authority that God has given you. And that's the thing. That's, 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 that's where it's at. When you let your light shine like that, I'm telling you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change people around you. It's going to change people. And I'm going to say this because I'm your pastor. When it comes to authority of this church and this community and this nation, we pray for authority. We do not tear them down. And as your pastor, I don't care who the president is, you pray for him. I don't care who the governor is, you pray for him. I don't care who your pastor is, pray for him. But pray for those in authority. Because you know what? Whether you like it or not, that's the authority that we're under right now. And, and that's God's authority over us. In Romans 13, it says it. That doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. Doesn't mean you have to vote for him. But it means that that's who it is. And we support and we pray and we honor the position. And we pray for our leaders. We pray. Because that's God's authority. And if we can't get under the authority that God has put us in our life, the authority God has in our life, that can I just tell you, you will not be able to walk in the authority that God has for you if you can't stay submitted to the authority that God has over you and that he has put in your life. On your job, your boss, you know how you honor authority? Be on time. Oh, did he say that? Listen, if you're late to church, I ain't talking about you. I'm not saying, all right. Some people are like, oh, shoot, man, I came in late. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about when in places of authority, honor what they're asking you to do. Because that's, that's the authority. And you're going to find as you're more submissive to authority, you walk in more authority. Because that's how God's worked it. His authority flows in us. And then it flows through us. We have to submit to it for it to flow in us. And then we walk in his authority. For some of you, I'm telling you, you ought to gather with your family today. Or you ought to gather even if it's just you. Gather. And you need to, you need to serve the enemy notice. And say, guess what? This house, this house, is, you're not welcome here. You're not welcome here. And anything that tries to bring this family down, any of that stuff you try to bring up here, the answer is no, because we are submitted to God. Therefore, we have the authority from God to tell you no. Just like Chris can tell you something from me, you can tell the enemy from God and have the same authority.
same authority.